Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient to the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm a senior wealth advisor and the founder of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And we are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in the Town Bank Building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, directly across from Winkies. We also service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. And if you'd like to know more about us, please go to ellenbecker.com. My guest today is Remus Melitis, and he is a portfolio manager and the director of research for Campbell Newman. They, Campbell Newman also um, manages our um, dividend paying portfolio and also our small cap portfolio. One of the things that's absolutely fantastic for us as advisors is that they're right here in Milwaukee and they have uh, become very good friends of us. You've heard Barry Brown on the air several times as well, talking about portfolio management and the importance of it for all individuals. And so today I've asked Remus, who's also been on the show many times, to kind of give us an update on what's been happening in the in the current market. Of course, you know, I always ask them to bring their crystal ball so that they can tell us what we can expect in 22. <laughs> and then to really discuss the importance of portfolio management. And so often individuals come to us and they're doing their own portfolio management and they will often say, well, you know, I track this industry and I'll look at their portfolio and they have all bank stocks or they have all one industry in there. And of course we know that diversification is very important. So Remus, welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. Nice to be here. Can you give uh, just a little bit of a, a background on what you've experienced in 2021 as you've been looking at the different stocks. And of course, it's been a great market. And knock on wood, um, your performance has been unbelievable. <laughs> Our clients are extremely happy. And of course, we're extremely happy too. But we do know that the only way that the market is efficient is it goes up and down. And, you know, being able to um, time the market is truly not an option for us. It's owning high quality. So if you could give us just a little bit of a overview of this past, uh, well, almost, almost 11 and a half months. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been, as you, as you stated, a, a pretty incredible year, particularly coming off a equally uh, <laughs> incredible year in, in calendar 2020. I mean, experiencing the, the sharp, uh, correction that we had in the beginning of, of last year due to the uh, COVID virus and ending the year up about 18% was uh, a feat in and of itself. But from that point on this year, as you stated, has been incredibly strong and, and it's had uh, a, a, a more or less uh, you know, smooth glide path other than the, you know, two outsized disruptions that we had 
say over the course of the last three months, the first being the, you know, the new Delta wave, which, you know, the economy, uh, the populace and, and the stock market handled well after its initial shock. And then of course, we had uh, a continuing supply chain inflation shock. And, and then we had a Federal Reserve that you know, turned, uh, you know, its commentary on inflation from being transitory to being with us a little longer than uh, they expected and, and the impetus for them to begin to taper uh, their, their uh, mortgage-backed security and treasury uh, purchase program uh, that has been in place. So that caused a little disruption in the marketplace. But, uh, you know, being, you know, a professionals here at Campbell Newman, you know, we have been through a number of, of previous dislocations in the market. And each of us has over 30 years of of experience. And I remember when I began in the industry and 1987, you know, we had, you know, a major crash at that point in time in 2008, 2009. We, of course, had the housing crash. And in 2000, we had the tech bubble. And then in, at the end of 2018, we had a Federal Reserve that, that was rather aggressive in its interest rate hiking uh, policy. And that disrupted the market as well. And so as professionals, you know, Karen, we're, we're, we're trained to kind of absorb these, 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 these dislocations in the market. We already have a fairly strong knowledge base against which we're, you know, directing and investing our clients' assets and are, you know, able to take this, you know, daily fire hose of information that, that comes at us disseminate it into very sim simplistic pieces that we believe are impactful. And in that way, we're able to manage these ebbs and flows in the marketplace, which is, you know, very difficult for, for a lay person to, uh, to do, um, you know, on a part-time basis. You know, Remus, just to put a little bit of time in there, I remember I was at Stockbroker with Robert W. Baird, and in 2000, the, the saying was 2000 by 2000. Right. <laughs> at 2000, we didn't think we'd ever get there. And that's look right. where we are today. And that's a long time ago. But yeah, it was 2000, hit 2000 by 2000. Pretty amazing. And when we look at where we've, how far we've come, it almost doesn't seem possible. I want to just um, sort of clarify how Campbell Newman works with the Ella Becker Investment Group and all of our advisors. So if you had the opportunity last week to um, listen to our program, we talked about bonds and the importance of having bonds in your portfolio. And one of the ways that we work with our clients is we determine how much they, how much money they need to spend from their portfolio. And if it's $25,000 a year, 
we take $125,000 and we put it into a bond portfolio. And I like to add two extra years. So it'd be maybe 175,000 of their portfolio, knowing that's what they need to spend. And when the markets go up, we actually take the 25,000 they need for that year and we take it from the growth of the portfolio. If the market is down, we know that that bond is coming to every year and our clients are literally guaranteed, which is a word we're not supposed to say, but they really can depend on the fact that they have $25,000 worth of income coming in and their lifestyle is not going to change. They're protected. Instead of some of these crazy things you hear, um, you should have as many bonds as you are your age. I mean, how can that be? I mean, everybody's a little bit different. So that's the place that we start. We start with how much income our clients need. And then we look at the portfolio. And of course, our clients don't want to lose money. Not that anyone does, but they really um, are looking for preservation of their principal. And so we work with Campbell Newman, and it's actually the largest part of our portfolio. And we work with their dividend-paying portfolio and their small cap. The dividend paying portfolio is generally the largest portion of the portfolio, and we reinvest those dividends back into the portfolio for a total return. And what we love about it, and Remus can go into that, is how they actually select stocks. We want to own quality. And you know, I'll have a client say to me, well, I saw this stock out there, and it had a 8% dividend. And I go, whoa, <laughs> that's a little bit more risk. It might be a good growth stock, but it eh, doesn't fit in our dividend-paying portfolio. So, Remus, can you, um, you know, I think we'll do, let's take a break right now because I don't want to have to interrupt um, your delivery on the importance of total return and how you do the research on stocks. So we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Remus Melitis. He is a portfolio manager and the director of research for the um, Campbell Newman. And as I mentioned earlier, Campbell Newman manages our um, dividend paying portfolio as well as our small cap portfolio. And you know, Remus, the one thing that um, is, is true is that the research and picking these stocks and being able to get high quality is so important. Can you talk a little bit about your process of research and why the total return in a portfolio is so important and owning high quality? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, so, you know, the Campbell Newman dividend growth strategy, um, its philosophy states that um, a company's dividend policy is tangible evidence of, of management's confidence in future earnings growth. And, and, you know, we believe that a company's dividend policy is the single most important factor, uh, you know, when working to identify our active research universe of investable companies. Um, you know, this is because companies, in our opinion, that, that pay a meaningful dividend and increase it year after year are demonstrating with a uh, non-retrievable cash payment to shareholders that the business in a highly disciplined manner 
in order to grow earnings. And it's our belief that earnings growth drives stock prices. Now, we only invest in companies that, that have raised their dividend in each of the last five years. And that is a very uh, high bar uh, for companies uh, to achieve. Uh, our investment process uh, is highly disciplined. Uh, we utilize a, a strict screening methodology in defining our active research universe. And you know, to further assist us in defining our investable universe of companies in addition to dividend growth, you know, we also apply minimum standards that are associated with earnings growth, return on equity, credit rating and, and liquidity uh, measures. You know, at the same time, we apply a strict valuation discipline to process, you know, that more or less places a governor on what we are willing to pay for a company stock in the form of a price earnings ratio. And so that, you know, dissuades us or prevents us from paying peak historical valuations or prices for, for any stock that we bring into the portfolio. And, you know, our bottom-up research process seeks companies whose, whose business models are, are capable of generating earnings growth that are, you know, at least equal to what the stock market expects. And, and, you know, that process involves looking through, you know, primary research resources, like the company's annual report, its quarterly earnings releases, conference presentations, uh, presentation transcripts, etc. And then at the same time, uh, we as well look at secondary sources like Wall Street research, but our focus there is more, you know, on the major assumptions that, you know, these analysts use to build their financial models. And from there, we compare and contrast our findings with theirs. And if we believe that after that analysis, that specific company is indeed capable of of generating the type of financial returns that broadly speaking consensus expects, you know, that company certainly qualifies for inclusion in our uh, portfolio. Let me make one final point here on, on dividends, which I think is important as well. Campbell Newman does not seek out the highest yielding stocks. Uh, and we don't uh, believe that this is a bond substitute strategy. And, and we are constructing a, a high conviction portfolio of 25 to, to 35 growing companies that have demonstrated a, a history of annually uh, raising their, their dividends. So uh, I hope that helps your, your <laughs> listeners in, in appreciating you know, the process and, and the backdrop of our dividend growth strategy. I remember when I started in the business about the same time you did, we could look in the Wall Street Journal and we'd see stocks that were maybe one page or 
or a page and a half and mutual funds that maybe a half a page. And now, of course, there are so many stocks and they're trading all around the world all the time. And earlier, I spoke about clients that come in or and we look at a portfolio and either they're married to a stock, they don't know when to sell the stock, they can't, they think the stock is going to maybe come back, it goes down. You have a, a discipline and a diversification process that in a way, I want to say, ensures that something's always working, even when the market is crazy. And, you know, I think about the stock market like a roller coaster, and nobody ever jumps off a roller coaster when it's moving. <laughs> would be a very bad idea. But it's really hard for people to be disciplined on their own, because emotionally, we don't really understand it. We don't want to lose money. We're not sure if it's going to come back. And I think that's the reason that people actually, when they come to us, they say, I lost so much money in 2008, is because they didn't know what they owned. They didn't know the quality. They didn't understand what's going to happen in a down market or a rising market. And by having the disciplines that you put in place, it really helps us at Ellen Becker Investment Group to manage the expectations and the risk of our clients' portfolios. Yeah, so uh, we, we do uh, have uh, the ability based upon the, the output of our screening methodology to indeed uh, produce a, a high conviction, you know, well-diversified portfolio and opportunities to invest along, you know, all 11 uh, major economic sectors of, of our benchmark. And, and from time to time, we, you know, we don't have exposure to some of the smaller areas of, of the market or, or economy. But generally speaking, we do have a well-diversified port portfolio of, of securities. And, you know, based upon, you know, the limited number of, of securities in the portfolio, you know, each individual security has has gained representation in the portfolio, you know, on its own merits. And really, those are, you know, not really guided by, you know, what we think, you know, the economy is going to grow at or, or high level thoughts like, you know, like that. It's more you know, based upon the, you know, the in-depth research that we do on each individual uh, company in the portfolio. And so, you know, we have companies in the consumer discretionary sector, uh, in the do-it-yourself space that all of your listeners would have heard of. You know, we have a, a, a broad swath of, of names in the, in the, healthcare field from, you know, large cap pharmaceutical companies to orthopedic services companies, as well as, uh, you know, HMO slash slash med tech companies, you know, in, in the financial space, we have some very, you know, highly uh, recurring businesses, subscription based model companies, all the way to you know a, a, a couple of traditional uh, banks that you know most of your listeners would have heard of, and then we have a a rather strong representation in the technology sector that is very broad uh, based. Everything from 
you know, a couple of the major payment networks to uh, a number of semiconductor companies, which, you know, years ago we identified as, as semiconductors being the new kind of, uh, you know, steel or, or metal or, or lumber, you know, the basic building blocks of, of, of products. And now, um, you know, you are witnessing the expansion of semiconductor penetration in just about every facet of 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 one's of one's life. So we have representation there, and then we have you know representation of companies that provide high-level consulting services to you know the Fortune 500, 1,000, 2,000 companies, as well as you know software companies as well. And so you know we have industrial you know, sector exposure, aerospace, you know, construction, defense. So, you know, we have a, a, a very broadly diversified spectrum of, of companies represented in, in the company. And, and really, Karen, the, the, you know, the, the positioning of the portfolio, which, which kind of has been the case since you know, mid 2020, mid last year. Some of the names um, are are newer. Many of them are older positions. But the portfolio is positioned to take advantage of a growing uh, economic backdrop. And and one in particular off of that, you know, deep recession that we had in the second quarter of 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 last year. And so, you know, our expectation is for continued growth. And, you know, the portfolio is is positioned that way. And, you know, the composition of the portfolio, uh, you know, moves at a at a at a snail's pace where we're not active traders we you know we provide deep thought into you know the investments that we make uh, in the companies that that constitute the portfolio and these are not you know investments that are made for uh you know a three month or or six month uh or even uh, a 12 month period we have holdings one in particular in the do-it-yourself area uh, in the portfolio that we have owned for a decade. Uh, and, and so that really is the kind of backdrop of type of investments, the type of companies uh, that uh, we look for and invest in and use to build our large cap dividend growth portfolio. So when we look at the portfolio, that position that we have for our clients, we really, you know, I always say, Remus, I want to sleep at night and I want my clients to sleep at night um, so that we're fresh and we're doing our research and, and we can help our clients. Well, when you own things that you don't know how they're going to respond to the market and what's going to happen, that keeps people up at night. And that's not, that's what we don't want. So when I look at the dividend paying portfolio and I've had clients that have said to me, oh, is it time should we get out? Inflation, what should we do? You know, we really feel strongly that regardless of what's happening in the market, because we've got those bond portfolios there, 
so that we know if the market goes down, we've got income for our clients so that their lifestyle doesn't change. We know that these stocks are going to come back. We feel certain that to the best of our ability, when the market corrects, the market when the market was down about 50%, we were down about 23%. And we knew that these stocks would, we felt certain that these stocks would come back and they did. What happens though in these portfolios is they don't get out of the box really quick because everybody knows that those stocks are good. They're going to be there. They kind of move slowly. But when you look at the performance that has been over time by reinvesting these dividends, they've all come back. We have not had a stock that's blown up. And it's by being diligent as to what you own. And I would encourage all of our listeners out there to really understand what they own in their portfolios and to be able to determine to the best of their ability, when the market goes down, here's where I'm gonna get my income and I'm gonna let these stocks come back. Nobody really loses money unless they have to sell something to live, that's gone, it can't come back, or if they have purchased something in their portfolio that blows up and goes away. If you've got the type of portfolio that is consistent and lasts, and you can anticipate how much risk is in your portfolio, you know, it's a winner. It's a win-win. And I know, Remus, that when um, you don't get married to stocks either, uh, and that's an important piece because so many people do get married. You have a discipline that really looks at that. And I think before we jump into that and the small cap portfolio, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and the senior portfolio manager for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Remus Malaitis. He is the director of research and a portfolio manager for Campbell Newman, and they really manage the bulk of our stock portfolio. Remus, I'm just going to let you, you know, talk a little bit about the importance of reinvesting again and the fact that, you know, you don't get married to the stocks in your portfolio, which happens so easily to people. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we, we really, um, you know, know what we, we own uh, in the portfolio. And, you know, our team of investment professionals, you know, manages the, the you know, the news flow on a, on a daily basis that, you know, either generally impacts you know the portfolio holdings or you know directly based on some company specific news uh positive or 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 negative you know that impacts uh you know the 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 price of an individual security in the portfolio on any given on any given day but uh, you know our, our 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 knowledge, our wealth of knowledge on each investment is 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 very broad, uh, and you know while we do strive to own uh, companies that that can do our work for us, so so to speak, uh, and you know position the portfolio well with you know, very high quality companies from balance sheet perspective, credit rating perspective. Um, you know, we're not necessarily married, so to speak, to a company and getting married to a stock, you know, has some generally negative connotations, you know, meaning that, you know, the, if you have a bad stock, 
that you're stubborn and uh, you know don't don't see the kind of headlights coming at you uh, in in the in the tunnel and continue to get so to speak uh, run over by that by that uh, individual stock and you know at Campbell Newman in the management of either our you know large cap dividend growth portfolio or our small cap growth portfolio bad stock can hurt you you know more than more than cash and so we don't hit a hundred percent, you know, every single year and from time to time, there are securities that or companies uh, that did not or are not acting as our analysis uh, had uh, forecast or pointed towards. And we will begin by putting a company on on what and and see if you know conditions change. Uh, and if management is able to, you know, turn things around, be it, you know, from an economy standpoint, a company-specific uh, product cycle, or a better, put itself in a better competitive position. But, you know, that being said, we'll not hesitate uh, to sell a stock that, that is hurting us. Um, because again, it's it's better to own cash than a bad stock. But with that being said, Karen, you know the other thing that you know is an outgrowth of of our investment process, our research efforts, uh, and as well the construction of the portfolio across the economic uh, sectors of of the benchmark is that you know we have generally had very low uh, turnover of names in the portfolio. And, you know, in those instances where we've had bad stocks, we've sold them. But, you know, based upon the low turnover history of, of the strategy, we've been able to, you know, identify good companies, good stocks that generally have contributed to the overall performance of of the portfolio. You know, Remus, I often talk to clients about how to approach their portfolios, and I really look at it. Everybody should um, would benefit by approaching their portfolio as if it's their business. I am the owner of my business, and when I look at it, I want to have the best legal advice I can have. I want to have the best tax advice. I want to have the, the best people working on my team to make sure that my company is successful. And I really think if everyone kind of looked at their portfolio as their own business, because ultimately somewhere down the road, they're going to want that business, that portfolio to provide them an income, to provide them a paycheck in essence. And I always say, you know, I look and say, I hope it's a great, really great year so I could take a little bit of extra, maybe a bonus. And that's what clients want to do. They want to maybe take a big trip or they want something that um, is special. And so approaching your portfolio, making sure that you have the absolute best people helping you um, to get the best performance you can. We work so hard for our money. We really want to get it working for us. And if there is anyone out there, listeners, that 
have gotten into the position where they have a stock that they've owned for a very long time. It's overweighted. You're nervous about cashing it in, even though you think maybe I should be doing it, but you know you've got to pay tax on the capital gain. Come in and talk to us. And we work with Campbell Newman. We work with our tax team. And we come up with a strategy as to how are we going to um, look forward? How are we going to be um, always looking to the, the future, not looking at the past, but making sure that the decisions that we're making are in the best interest of what you want long-term. And very often it means that we're going to look at a strategy to sell some of those larger positions and become more diversified. It's just like everybody else. When um, something goes wrong, it goes really wrong and it's too late to maybe make a different choice. So we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, I am going to um, ask Remus to talk about our small cap portfolio because it was several years ago that we thought, you know what, we wanna get a little bit more gusto in these portfolios, but how can we do that with the same concept that we like to air on a, on a more um, conservative way. And of course, you know, most small stocks, when you look at them, it's 50% of them fail in the first year and 50% of the ones make it fail again in five years. How do you pick a good small cap stock? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you'd like to kick off your new year with a real sense of where you're at and where you're going, please give us a call at 262-691-3200. My guest today is Remus Melitis. He is the director of research and a portfolio manager for Campbell Newman. Campbell Newman manages probably about well, actually, I have to say 100% of our individual equities in our portfolios. We have individual bonds, we have individual equities, and we have mutual funds that we sort of fill in the gaps of the things that are missing. And so, Remus, if you would just talk a little bit uh, again about the um, small cap portfolio and, you know, what, what does your crystal ball say for 2022? Sure. Um, well, uh, to begin with, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about um, our small cap growth product, which, you know, is now, I believe, in its in its eighth year. And, and you know, we believe that, you know, we've put together a, a fairly strong uh, track record over that period of time. But really, it, it, it really emanated from from the fact um that you know we at Campbell Newman were looking to you know diversify our product offering to the market and you know in attempting to discern you know what area uh to begin to you know look and and see what was what area was was viable we we noticed that we wanted to offer the the market yet another quality growth product uh, where where earnings growth mattered uh, strong balance sheets mattered you know many um, many of the attributes that you know from a quality standpoint that that we look at on our dividend growth product carry over into our into our small cap 
growth product. And in researching some of the benchmarks that uh, were being used or are used to, to benchmark small cap uh, performance, what we noticed uh, in the Russell 2000 growth index that, you know, eight years ago, um, there were about 25% of the companies in that index uh, were unprofitable. And because they were unprofitable, were, were not included in the benchmark statistics, and, and as a re result, were unduly influencing uh, those statistics and, and providing a kind of point of view uh, that was very different from reality if you included those unprofitable companies. Now, what's, what's very interesting today, eight years later, with the incredible boom uh, that we've had over the last number of years in IPOs, uh, the number of unprofitable companies uh, has grown to about 40%. And so really, uh, you know, a, a big anomaly when, when you look at uh, performance, uh, performance benchmarks. And so we thought that that might be something uh, that we could exploit with our quality bias. And, you know, as a result, uh, you know, our small cap growth product uh, philosophy believes that, you know, profitability uh, provides tangible evidence of the viability of a company's business model, uh, thus increasing the probability of sustained earnings growth and price appreciation. Um, you know, at the same time, with our focus on only the profitable companies in 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 the in the small cap growth index. You know, we believe that, you know, the use of traditional research and uh, valuation metric, uh, same, same type of metrics that we use in managing our large cap dividend growth portfolio, you know, is more insightful and reliable when applied to profitable companies, you know, and that's compared to the you know, in our estimation, the speculation that's necessary when analyzing unprofitable uh, enterprises. And, you know, even with that kind of high quality criteria of profitability, we are able as well to construct a portfolio of, of 40 to, to 55 names, high conviction portfolio, broadly distributed amongst the 11 economic sectors of, of, of the benchmark and, and construct a portfolio that we believe exploits many of, of, the, of the trends, many of the same underlying fundamentals that are represented in our large cap dividend growth strategy. You know, 
if we have exposure in semiconductors um, in, in dividend growth portfolio, we should also have some exposure uh, into smaller companies that may be growing uh, a little faster, may have a niche in the market that they're capable of exploiting, uh, and, and, and so forth and so on. And so, um, you know, we believe that, um, you know, the construction of that portfolio uh, is, is equal to that of dividend growth. And it also has, uh, you know, the, the depth of research, the depth of knowledge that we apply in dividend growth is also applied uh, to the small cap growth portfolio. And we're attempting to find companies that can do the work for us over a, a number of years. You know, we have had companies uh, that we started in the portfolio in, in 2014 as small cap companies. And over the last eight years have become teenagers and have that now become uh, grown-ups and have become large cap companies. And so, you know, that's what you want to see in your small cap growth company investments. You do not want them to remain small cap companies forever. You want them to have the market prowess, the competitive, uh, you know, product set, services set, and the, you know, the management wherewithal uh, to continuously grow that company's footprint from a revenue standpoint and, and profitability standpoint. And we think that that is very well represented in our, in our small cap uh, growth port portfolio. I think our listeners, um, I'm just going to jump in real quick and get a kind of a sense, Remus, of how we do construct those portfolios. We've got the bond portfolio. We've got the large cap dividend paid. Then you, we insert to a certain amount, depending on risk, um, the small cap. And then we add in mutual funds. We have a bond mutual fund, which gives us liquidity so we don't have to ever cash in those bonds till they come due. And then we sprinkle in some international, maybe another small cap fund that is a little bit more aggressive. But getting the stability, the good foundation is based on the bonds, the dividend paying stock, and then that small cap fund. And it kind of gives people an idea of the importance of constructing a portfolio, not just putting one together, but actually constructing one based on all of the different investments you have. And it's sort of a really great recipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It, it really is. So you asked me, Karen, to, to provide you... Um... Some sort, of, uh, <laughs> some sort of crystal ball point of view. And, and for some reason or another, I get the uh, fourth quarter call with you. And, <laughs> and, with, and, and with that, uh, I did not forget my crystal ball uh, uh, this morning. Uh, and, and so, yeah, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, you know, we've had an incredible year last year. And, of course, uh, this year, I think, uh, you know, anybody at the beginning of the year, uh, if they spoke truthfully, would would not necessarily have predicted the, you know, the returns that uh, we've we've attained, um, you know, thus thus far. But the, you know, the policies that were put in place from a, you know, fiscal and monetary standpoint really greased the skids last year and. 
you know, those 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 policies have very long tails to them, and it and it really takes time for uh, you know that the influences of those policies to work their way through the economy, and and they continue uh, they continue to do so. Uh, you know, the Federal Reserve is is still uh, very loose and and accommodative. Uh, towards economic growth and and really you know has a dual mandate uh, that that they've you know ascertained from uh, you know price stability and and attempting to um, you know have a fully employed uh, economy and so you know with that backdrop and the strength in the economy that that we have uh, today and expected. Uh, to continue well into calendar 22, if not into 23, all things being equal, you know, the Fed has stated that it's going to, you know, begin to take back some of those extraordinary provisions that they implemented at the height of, you know, the pandemic. And, you know, that is a a more or less appropriate strategy uh, for them to do, it doesn't appear as though the economy um, is 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 uh, you know requiring um, you know the the amount of 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 you know bond purchases that uh, the quantitative easing that the Fed is 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 still undertaking. But you know, with that said. Um, there's a lot of debate in the market, uh, priced into markets themselves on when the Federal Reserve will begin to raise interest rates. Uh, we're not fearful of that. You know, some forecasts expect, uh, you know, some slight. And when I talk interest rate increases, I'm talking very slight sometime in the middle of next year and, and continuing through calendar 23. But that would be in the backdrop of a strong economic base and economy that is, you know, getting towards full employment and, and has a very, very respectable uh, rate of GDP growth, which should at the same time, you know, drive earnings growth uh, for the for the stock market, and that should provide some support for, you know, a continuation of, of you know, rising stock prices at, at, at some pace. I can't predict that, nor would I attempt that, but, you know, the signs look, look supportive, and, uh, you know, one can never tell what comes out of left field. You know, you know, if you think about 2020 with the, you know, COVID virus and then the, you know, the variants uh, that 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 have evolved this year provided some short term instability in the market. But, you know, the market regained its its, you know, its posture and and has now hit or reattained, uh, you know, new highs. So, you know, oh, that it's, sounds it's, it's really good, Remus. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a good year. And Taylor has given us the high sign that we've got to wrap it up. It's okay. always so good to have you on the show. And um, I would just say to my listeners, you know, the new year is coming. People make new year's resolutions and they want things to be better. You know, ask yourself, is your current team referable? 
Um, if something happens to you, is it referable to your kids? Would you refer it to your parents or your kids, your best friend, the people you're working with? If not, honestly, give us a call at 262-691-3200. And Remus will have you back on again. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal life and in your um, education around your portfolio. And remember always, before we do anything, we listen, we listen to you. 